We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The fan is better when you're part of it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit superbook.com. Yeah, you know, Paulie knows what to play. Shook ones. That Yankee Stadium music right before the Yanks come out. We'll be back. I mean, we're addicted to the Yankees. We are fools. We will show up for opening day. We will pay whatever the prices are. People will pay ridiculous prices to see the Yankees and hope again, right? It's always hope, hope, hope week that uh, the Yankees are going to get back to a World Series. But it's funny. um, (laughs) Cash went to Chicago to talk to them about the fan base here and the expectations and, you know, how it's a failure if you don't win the World Series. And the Chicago White Sox, if we go back to 2005, right, the Chicago White Sox between 2005 and right now, the Chicago White Sox, have been to the World Series as many, as many times as the New York Yankees. The Chicago Cubs have been to the World Series as many times as the New York Yankees if we go back to 2005. And you don't hear their fans talking like us because they don't have the amount of fans we have. They don't have the amount of money we have. They don't have the players that we have. Shout out to my guy, Matt, with the stats. MLB Network text me. He's listening. He said, really great job tonight, bro. We have one title in 22 years since 2001. That's the same amount of titles as the Diamondbacks, Marlins, Royals. The Red Sox have four titles in that span. The Rangers have two World Series appearances since 2010. The Yankees have zero. I said, bars. I'm going to use that and credit you, Matt. Shout out to Matt. He is a very smart Yankees fan, baseball fan. Uh, He can pull up stats and just knows a lot of this stuff and Like, that's what I'm saying. Are we delusional or is the organization a little delusional? Are we bugging out as fans? No, I don't think so. I think the Yankees have some of the smartest fans. Ask Jeets, right? That's all Jeter talks about. It's like, yeah, these New Yorkers, they know what they're watching. And they know what's going on. Like, I just mentioned the Chicago White Sox. Who did the White Sox face in the World Series in 2005? The Astros. So it's like the Astros with different GMs. The Astros can have different GMs, different people in their organization over the last 20 years or so, and they find ways to get back to the mountaintop. The Texas Rangers find ways to get back to the mountaintop. But what's the excuse with the Yankees? We were close. We were close. We weren't close enough for you guys? You guys don't like coming up short, being close? Don't don't mind the, the sweep. You know, it happens. Sometimes when you change up your lineup and you rely on rookies and, you know, the whole source of your offense had the pressure of trying to prove you wrong to earn his contract, like, you know, you're just going to get swept out of the American League championship. The two games you have at home won't matter. You won't have home field advantage because the fans will be so sick with what they have to watch. The fans will be so sick with the fact that 
you just don't have it together and you're scrambling that late in the season. So I, I know I'm not delusional. I know what I've watched. I know how many games I've gone to. I know what I've had to see. You know, I know a couple of years back I was watching Jay Bruce play first base. Like we, you don't even want to go through the amount of guys that the Yankees have played that like they're not even on teams right now. Did someone pick up Gary Sanchez? Did someone pick up Miguel Andujar? Like the Yankees, I don't know, Rugnet Odor. Um, the Yankees are comical, man. I, if you're a Yankees fan listening to me, you're not crazy. You're not delusional. It's not you. It's them. It's them. They have all the resources, all the money, all the fans. This is New York City, uh, and, and, and they want to be the Tampa Bay Rays. They want to do things in a different kind of way. Okay. Okay, I got no problem with Hal this offseason. We're not we're not saying Hal is cheap. Hal is the one that made the call from Italy to make sure that we didn't lose 99. What are the Yankees if they actually lost 99? <laughs> we were close. John Heyman pump faked the whole world. Arson Judge, remember that? Wasn't long ago. All right, let's get back to the phones. I don't really have that much time. This show is going to burn up and I'll be done. Jack is in Seacliff. Go for it, Jack. Yo, keep I got you. You're you're breaking up a little bit, but you're on. Can you hear? Yep, yep. All right, all right. So uh, two or three segments ago, a guy calls in saying, Yankee fans, stop booing Donaldson. What planet is he living on? (laughs) Not in in the stadium. He's he's definitely not in the stadium with us. In 2022, Josh Donaldson had 29 at-bats in the postseason, zero RBIs, 16 strikeouts, and a whopping 172 batting average. Boo away. My God. Hey, let's go further back, right? Josh Donaldson is a villain. He's hated throughout all of Major League Baseball. Yeah, he's an obnoxious guy. He's the guy that called out your ace, the ace that you gave $36 million to. Exactly. He's the guy that exposed your ace by name first when the whole spider tag sticky stuff thing started. And your ace has not been the same since. And you had the bright idea to put him in your clubhouse. Just to stir it up? Just to be like, oh, we need a tough guy in the clubhouse? No, he didn't He didn't do Jack. Give me Gio Urshela any day of the week. For sure. Thanks for the call, Jack. Let's go to Jeff in Astoria next up on the fan. Hey, Keith, when are you going to drop one of those new beats, man? You got to do that again. Yeah, I should, I, should make a rap. I should make a rap dissing the Yankees. I should put out a, a beef record just ethering Cashman and the Yankees and all their messed up decisions over the last 13 years that have led to their shortcomings. Oh, my God, that would be so hot. Anyway, listen, can, can we at least pretend that, we're, you know, the Oakland Coliseum was embedded in the Bronx, right, and we're A's fans, and can we just boycott the whole season? <laughs> no, nah, see, that's the, the thing, I mean, come too. come on. That's the thing, too, and I speak about this a lot, right, because there, there are fans on Yankees Twitter that said, the only way this organization is going to get it is if you guys stop showing up to the, the ballpark. That'll never happen. This is yeah. New York City. It is a tourist attraction. I go to a ton of games. There's always foreigners there, like people that don't speak English, that are going to see the Yankees. All they know is Aaron yeah. Judge or Derek Jeter. There, there's always going to be that. It's always someone's birthday. Somebody is celebrating a birthday. There's always kids. Uh, there, there's just always going to be people yeah. that want to see Yankee Stadium. Not, It's not the old Yankee Stadium, but they want to see the new Yankee Stadium. They're always going to have people there, no matter what. And unfortunately, like as, as much as it pains me to say this, like, you know, Hal Cohen from like overseas, that was a pure business decision. He knows what's going to bring in revenue. And it's just, you know, 
like we said, like a, like we've been saying it for the last year and a half. The plan, adjust to the plan. You need to adjust, and they haven't adjusted. No, and, and it's it's like we're burning all all of this like this so called talent, right? In 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 Tampa, right, St. Pete, and we're just burning up capital. We've lost capital with with Miguel Andujar. Look 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 at what we wasted. And, and it just proves, like, why couldn't we? Why couldn't we give up like Jason Dominguez for uh, Brian Reynolds? I mean, that that was our target. And again, they failed just because they think that their that their stars are definitely more overvalued. They're, they're the smartest than guys in the room. The they think they're the smartest guys in baseball. Uh, there are 29 teams in the New York Yankees. They beat to their own drum. They do things differently, and they're still living off their past. They're still living off their 27 championships in history. But every year. We get further away away from the last one. We're not we're not the ones crazy. We're not the delusional ones. It's them. They are this new way of doing things that really started after 2014. 2014, they went for it. Yep. They signed the Jacoby Ellsbury contract. That's the last dumb contract that they you know they hope that they'll ever have. They went for it. They signed Beltron oh, and Brian McCann and you know uh, they brought in Tanaka and all of that was. Mm-hmm. For the farewell captain tour, right? We're going to go all in signing free agents to put talent around Derek Jeter in hopes of getting to the postseason in his final year. They came up short. They didn't make the postseason. Luckily, Captain Clutch goes out in style the way that you would expect him to and gives us what felt like a postseason moment in his last game at the stadium. But ever since then, they've changed their strategy. And what you'll get is like a player every couple years. You'll get John Carlos Stanton. You'll get Garrett Cole. You'll get... Aaron Judge, who was our own, right. but we had to sign him like a free agent, you know, off the street. So, right, but again, when you know those Yankee classics are running pretty damn old, and what is the next? What is the next new Yankee classic that we see? I am so sick and tired of watching Game Six of the World '96 World Series. When are we going to get new content? Yeah, I want to see something new. Doesn't hit I the same. See a World Series doesn't hit the same. Watching those old days, it it, it starts to it piss doesn't. you off. It's like, man, we're never. We're just like we're we're so far from that. Um, it it's it sucks because I'm a Dallas fan. Thanks for the call, Jeff. It's like when they make fun of Dallas Cowboys fans and they say, "Oh, the Cowboys games are on the History Channel." That's what the Yankees are walking into. They're halfway there. the The Cowboys have gone 27 years without. Um, getting back to a a conference championship, right? They haven't even gotten back to the NFC championship. And the Yankees are 13 years without getting back to the World Series. They've gotten back to the American League championship, and the same team has knocked them out. And that team is not going anywhere. So we're halfway to where the Cowboys are. And I'm telling you, once it hits 15 years, 20 years, it's, it's, it's gonna, it's, I don't, I'm literally getting nauseous thinking about it. I, I really don't even want to speak it into existence. <laughs> Down the Jersey Shore area, Matt is on the fan. What's up, Matt? Mr. McPherson, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, you, uh, before when you said you were going to get back to the Yankees and, you know, you were going to feel sick talking about it, I, I wasn't sure what you meant at first, but, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. And hearing your uh, monologue about all the things that they did wrong last season, I mean, after the June and July when they were playing small ball and – getting back to fundamentals and having a crazy uh, successful stretch. And then they obviously got back away from that, back to their normal home run or nothing. You know, do you remember when Jeter was there for his 
uh, Hall of Fame celebration, and everyone was booing. Yeah. And Brian Cashman and Hal got on the field. He's like, no, no, don't do that, don't do that. Well, it's it's honestly, I thought that was funny because that's so out of character for him because he's all about winning and, and making the right decisions. You kind of had a feeling that maybe he knew something we didn't. But at the same time, it's like ever since Jeter and all the uh, all his brothers disappeared from the team and it became Cash's team and then Hal took over for his father and then the advent of analytics came into play, everything changed. And this team just has lost its identity completely. It's it's like not the same team anymore. <laughs> I'm glad it. you said that because that's what I was saying last year. I had a few episodes where I'm like, oh, they're in an identity crisis. They don't know they're the New York Yankees. They've forgotten. It's been so long. They want to be the Tampa yeah. Bay Rays. They want they want to they want to do what other teams have done and not just do what they are equipped to do. Being the Yankees in New York with all these fans with all this money, they like want to try and uh, reinvent the wheel, and it's it's not working. So like, why is there this new strategy that's just failed time after time? Oh, it hasn't failed. They've gotten close. Thanks for the call, Matt. Um, it is Super Bowl week. <laughs> I did have Super Bowl stuff to talk, and we do have some calls on the Super Bowl. And I need to just give this Yankees conversation a break because we're going to do this for months after the Super Bowl. Like, don't let them have a slow start to the season, right? Don't let them, like, come out of the gate and be underperforming. These fans are already on edge by the way the last season ended and the season before that and the season before that and probably, yeah, the season before that one. 2019, like, I, I think 2019, because they got to game six in Houston and they were in it late, and then Altuve had the buzzer and hit that home run, whatever. So we kind of look at that like that one, you know, if Cash came out and talked about being close there, that one was different. But look at what they've done after. It hasn't been acceptable. Can I just say one thing? And I don't I don't know if it's it's not you specifically, but I do think that Yankees fans, because of what happened in the 15-year stretch between 95 and 2010, where you guys, I think, won seven World Series titles, I honestly think Yankees fans think the ball, they, it's almost like they set the bar too high because they were so damn good in that 15-year stretch that every single Yankee fan just expected every single year for yeah, that but, to happen. But, Paulie, we're not expecting to go to the World Series every year. Get back to one in the span of 14 years. Get back to one. Can we have one fall classic in the Bronx? Bro, we just went through a stretch of having no postseason baseball in the Bronx for three seasons. 2020, obviously a pandemic. Uh, 2021, was it three seasons? I think it was two seasons. 2021, they go to Boston, and they 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 just embarrass themselves. Uh, 2022, obviously we just had 22, but, you know, it was two seasons. It felt longer than two seasons without postseason baseball in the Bronx. Like, that was what we expected every year. We expected long postseason runs through the Bronx in October, right? The American League runs through the Bronx. You got to go through the Bronx Zoo, Yankee Stadium, to get to the World Series. I understand that. But I honestly, if, if we're just using, like, math and numbers, each baseball team, there's 30 teams splitting in half. Once every 15 years, your team should make it to the World Series. Here comes 14. Here comes 14. So I think it's... Based on average in numbers, it's probably coming but, but soon. But you also know that that's not true because it, it's not the numbers aren't as simple as thirty teams all being even. Half these teams don't spend. They any don't money. try. They don't try. They literally don't try. 
So if we're looking at the, like, and it isn't a crapshoot. The same teams are in it every year. I guarantee you the Mets are in it every single year with Steve Cohen. He's yeah. going to see to yeah. it. Yeah, no, because uh, and I don't mind it that he's the Dodgers, he's, they're, 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 the and these Braves. Are, these are teams that are trying to. The Padres will probably be around the next few years as well because the Padres spend a ton of money. I have no idea where they get it all from, but the Padres spend a they ton. They have of, fans. The Padres they spend a ton their of fan money. fest from 2015 to now, and it, it's quadrupled in size. It's it's no surprise. Go that, sign top players. That go bring in top free agents. That's an easy way to get people excited right. about your team. For, the, for half the major sports, the teams that spend the most money on salary normally, which is, which equates to if you want to buy a title, that's what works because you need players to win. That's what works. Normally, that works. It hasn't worked for the Yankees, but I, I, I don't. I just really think most that you you guys had an incredible fifteen year stretch, and it's and I get it. I get the frustration. Yeah, but uh, let's also do this, Paulie. If you take out 2009, right, take out 2009, and then what? Then the stretch, like, it, it's, it's different numbers. Right, 2009, really they impressive. ended up, and, they, and they, they, they stacked the deck, and they pulled it off. They tried that again in 2014, and they said, no, never again. We're not doing that ever again. And so now they have this new strategy of analytics and uh, what I say, you know, Cashman bargain bin hunting. You're able to find Luke Voigt's. You're able to find Gio Urshela's and Mike Talkman's. Which, which were good players for you guys, in, in theory. They were, like, Luke Voigt had a really good stretch for you guys. Gio Urshela the same. Luke Voigt, he he struck out looking a ton. Um, he had some home runs. He had some home runs. But, like, ultimately, we had to get him up out of here. Now we have Rizzo at first base. Rizzo is a champion. I, I hope they can I hope they can compete this year and figure out how to beat the Astros. Well, that's the, the Astros problem. live you guys are free gonna compete. in every Yankees fan head the, like the Yankees are gonna win ninety five games this year. I know that I don't you know, know about that. that. I, I don't know about that. They're gonna with win the rule changes games. and with the new schedule, I don't know what we're about to see. I think the the Yankees are gonna win ninety or ninety five plus games. They're they're too damn good. The problem is that I wonder that let's just say in the to get to the World Series. You guys have to beat the Astros, and you guys beat the Astros. Are Yankees fans content with that? Hell yeah. Yes. So even, even a if loss they lose the World, the World Series, you're content with getting past the Astros. But they knocked down Houston to get there. Yeah, I think every right. Yankees fan will be very proud of that because gotcha. that's the bully. That's the bully in school that's been bullying you for seven years now. You can't figure out how to beat him up. You can't figure out how to walk down the hallway and get past him. He's owned you. And for us, we don't we don't really understand that because we're supposed to be the New York Yankees. It's an identity crisis. You know, they want a penny pinch or they want to skip out on free agents. And uh, teams don't fear the Yankees like they used to. Teams love coming to Yankee Stadium. They get too comfortable. I've thought over these last couple of years, the Astros are too comfortable here. The Tampa Bay Rays are too comfortable here. That's got to change. And the fans are there. Like I said, we're fools. We show up. We show up after they, uh, I don't even want to do it. We got to take a break. <laughs> Let's take this break here. Keith McPherson, all the fan. I'll be right. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 
back. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. Santana into the windup. The payoff pitch on the way. Swung out and missed. Strike three. He's done it. Johan Santana has pitched a no-hitter. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Microphone check, one, two. Mic check, one, two. Okay. Not going to waste any time because I don't have that much time. Keith McPherson on the fan. I probably got like 25 minutes left. I told you I was going to tell you what I've been looking at in FanDuel. I think my biggest play is to play these tight ends, uh, to bet on these tight ends, to score, to bet on these tight ends in their receiving props because I just think this is a type of game where the receivers for the Chiefs are going to get locked up by... Uh, you know, the secondary of the Eagles and Mahomes is just going to find the open target and he's just going to be able to find Kelsey. He's going to be able to find uh, Noah Gray, Justin Watson. I think Dallas Goddard is also going to have a big game because I don't think Jalen Hurts is much of a passer. So I would bet, uh, you know, Goddard's props, Noah Gray, Justin Watson, and of course, Travis Kelsey. But you're just not going to get that much money on Travis Kelsey because he's the number one target. Um, Also, I'm betting against Jalen Hurts passing. I just think this is such a big stage. I think this is the biggest game, and I think everybody in the world knows you got to kind of dare this guy to pass. So his over-under for passing attempts is at 31. I'm coming in under there. Uh, completions is at 21 and a half. I'm, I'm probably going to come in under there. Passing TDs, one and a half. I think I would take the over there. Um, passing yards is at 238. Um, I'm taking the under there. This this is a running football team. And if they're forced into situations where Jalen Hurts has to throw the ball on third down, where if they're forced where, you know, he has to try and, you know, um, play catch up, right? If the Chiefs go up on them and then it's like, okay, you know, we can't just eat the clock running the ball, then then I think he's going to have a long day. Mahomes props, like you shouldn't even bet Mahomes props because it's, it's ridiculous. He's the best quarterback, best player. He's the MVP. But his rushing yards prop is um, at 19.5. That ankle is going to be good. And with the pass rush of the Eagles, he's definitely going to go over 20 yards rushing. Um, you know, he's going to have to scramble. He's going to have to make some plays with his legs. And it's been two weeks. Uh, it's been technically now four weeks since the injury. So a month with an ankle and the treatment in the NFL and a young athlete like that, he's, he's going to be just fine. Uh, there's so many different ways to bet the Super Bowl. There's so many different things. Like they have Super Bowl specials in the FanDuel app where you can bet all the like things that like we know happen. Like you can bet on someone returning a kick. You can bet on a quarterback re- uh, receiving touchdown, an offensive lineman receiving touchdown. If you've heard me talk all week and last week, I said I expect there to be a bag of tricks. I expect them to, you know, use trickery and different formations and trick plays. Uh, Philadelphia with their Philly 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 special and then Andy Reid obviously you know he's an offensive wizard and you've seen him with different formations snapping the ball the tight ends expect uh, one of those type of things to happen so why not throw any money on it right like a non-QB to have one passing touchdown is plus 2,000 where if you put $20 on that you win 400 if any non-quarterback throws a touchdown pass I'm about to lock that in right now since I just said it on air. $20, place bet. That turns into a $420 payout. $20 on any non-QB to have a passing TD. They can do that in the red zone. They could do that for a home run. 
Uh, it could happen. It could happen. Anywho, I don't have that much time to go through all of the bets and stuff that I'm going to place. And I don't really like doing that because then people are like, oh, I followed your bets and it didn't hit. Or, you know, I really don't do my parlays until the day of. I want to know who's active. I want to get all the intel I can get day of. And then before the game, I go off of what I'm feeling. But the last thing I'll say here before we take calls is that the Eagles should win this game. It's their game to lose. They have the better roster. They have all of the talent at every position. But I'm sticking with my original pick, the Chiefs, to win the Super Bowl. When everybody was saying Bills, Buffalo Bills, I'm saying I I can't count out Patrick Mahomes. He's the best player in the league, and he found a way to get back to the Super Bowl. This guy is probably having nightmares still about losing a Super Bowl. I don't think this young in his career, he's going to lose another another one. Him and Andy Reid, they're going to outcoach them. They're going to outscheme them and hopefully outclass them where at the end of the game, if it comes down to them having the ball last, I expect Pat Mahomes to go on a drive to get a field goal and a touchdown and ride off into the sunset. We're going to Disneyland. Like I, I, I would, I would like to see Patrick Mahomes win another Super Bowl, win Super Bowl MVP, and uh, the Chiefs to win like thirty-two thirty. All right, back to the phones. Obviously, we're still talking about the Yankees, and we're still talking about anything else you guys want to talk about. Mike is in East Meadow on the fan. What's up, Mike? Hey, how are you? Uh, great show, and you're a, a breath of fresh air. Thank you. Um, I was I was watching the Hall of Fame announcements tonight, and um, I've been a uh, I recently retired, but I was an NYPD police officer and captain for 34 years. So I think I've developed some observational skills. Okay. So the thing that really struck me when they were announcing, obviously, we're dealing with the people that were players in the time, and one of the things you need to get to the Hall of Fame is longevity, and that means a lot of years in the trenches. And I tell you, Keith, um, every former player that went across that stage, in my opinion, they were like walking on, on eggshells. Between the five, four or five of them, they probably have about two good knees. Yeah. And um, it was kind of poignant to me to the fact that, you know, these guys are reaching the pinnacle of their profession and um, they paid a toll. I mean, you, you could just palpably see them you know, walking across the stage in, uh, in, in, in all sorts of like, you know, almost pain. Like Klecko was like, you know, very, very. Yeah. Uh, I was just about yeah. to say, I saw Klecko was 69 years old and he's a, a defensive tackle. These guys played in the NFL that wasn't so safe. That wasn't so conscious of head injuries and player safety and doing the right thing by guys. It was absolute gladiator sport times. And these guys survived it. These guys are older now. And they have battle scars, um, and it's permanent. I know I played football in college, and, and I hated getting out of bed in pain. I hated having to walk around campus hurt. And I remember thinking as I got older, even now, I'm like, I have little pains, uh, you know, my, my, my toe or my back or, you know, little things that uh, bother me now. And I'm like, there's no way I could have played in the NFL. It is, it is a war on every play. These guys are smashing into each other at full speed. So, so as much as we, we, we love the game, we need to acknowledge that. And uh, Rondé Barber looked pretty good. But one other point was about 15, 18 years ago, I uh, and my friends went to uh, Oakland and we watched the Raiders game and they were playing the Jets. And it was old-timers day, so they, they pulled them all out. George Blander was still alive. Funkett was alive. Bolitnikoff, Banasak, and all these old guys. And you looked over to the side of the field and parked kind of like out of the way was, the, like, for Plunkett, his wheelchair. 
and, and all the movement on the field was done in golf carts and, um, you know, it's, it, it's, you know, like they say, basketball is a contact sport, football is a collision sport. So I, I just wanted to acknowledge the fact that, um, everybody needs to acknowledge the fact that these guys have given up a good part of their body and uh, we love them for it. And, uh, God bless. And like you said, the advances in, in medicine and treatment has just been a, a great thing. And hopefully, uh, we can enjoy, uh, football for, uh, for generations ahead. Yeah. Thanks for the call, Mike. I mean, the NFL is going to be flag football probably in 20, 30 years anyway. They already introduced it at the Pro Bowl. And like I, I've said on the radio, when I was a kid, they used to joke like, you know, you can't tackle guys anymore. You can't hit guys anymore. They, they want us to play flag football. And they're already setting it up. The Pro Bowl now, Roger Goodell said, I don't see us ever going back. Okay, that's fine. The Pro Bowl is already flag football seven on seven. That's what they want the NFL to get to. They're trying to outlaw hip drop tattoos after we saw Tony Pollard go down and get injured. You know what? Like, I, I played football, and I've heard Tiki Barber say this, and I relate to this. you you got to be a little crazy to play football, especially as you get older and the guys get bigger faster and stronger i remember i was i was ball boy for our varsity team when i was 12 so i got to be in the locker room with the guys i got to be around the guys a lot and at 12 i'm telling my mom i'm i'm not going to be able to play in high school why i'm like these guys have hair on their chest these guys have muscles they're huge they're fast i'm like i just don't see in two three years when i'm a freshman i, I don't think i'm going to be big enough i don't think i'm going to be fast enough i don't think i'm going to be strong enough they're going to kill me i'm not going to be able to play i was good at 12 and I just was, like, fearing it. But I obviously hit puberty, and I started lifting weights, and I started training. And by the time I was a freshman, I think I was 150 pounds, 155 pounds. And then I, like, really hit the gym my sophomore year, and I got up to, like, 160, 165. And I started varsity sophomore, junior, senior year at quarterback, and I was fine. But, like, you got to be a little crazy to step on that field, especially back then. It was, like, the helmets and the pads, like, you know, even even the drills we were running, the, the nutcracker drill and some of the stuff that we did, like, you know, people were getting hurt. And as you get older and you go to college, like I got to college and I, I definitely felt like I couldn't survive in college. I, I've told you guys a story about playing quarterback in college and you see quarterbacks wear the red jersey, you know, don't touch the quarterback, don't hit the quarterback. Well, my freshman year, you don't just get a red jersey because you're a, a full scholarship quarterback. You, you got to go out there and show us what you got. You got to show us that you're tough. You got to go out there and compete. You're alive. You're not starting. <laughs> Our starting quarterback earned his red shirt, but we got to see you go run the ball. We got to see you sit in the pocket and take a hit. We got to see you get up from a hit before we hand you a red jersey. And it, it took me a week to get my red jersey. And the first day that I had a red jersey in my locker, I could have cried. <laughs> I could have cried. It was like they gave me, they granted me some type of immunity. Football is war. It's insane. And when you see these Hall of Famers, uh, you know, it's going to be a good class. Rondé Barber, I love the, the video with, uh, you know, Brooks going to uh, his house. And obviously Tiki is on the radio. I shouted them out last night. I think that's amazing. Uh, Joe Klecko and Daryl Revis for the Jets fans. That's great. You got a couple former Dallas Cowboys and DeMarcus Ware, Zach Thomas. Um, I, I think it's a good class. And, uh, you know, I think it's going to be a good turnout. But, yeah, you, you know, these guys put their bodies on the line for our entertainment. They're wounded warriors. They are battered soldiers. And uh, I don't think people think about it as much. You know, I said that when I was on the night that DeMar Hamlin, like literally looked like he lost his life on the field. He went limp. He was lifeless. Like, I don't, you know, I think that was just a reality check for everyone. Like you're watching football this Sunday 
the Super Bowl and all the glitz and the glamour, these guys are applying pressure and pain. And uh, at any moment, somebody could take a hit where they're knocked out of that game, where they're on a stretcher and they have to stop the game. You know, the DeMar Hamlin stuff, it was good to see him on NFL honors. And he said, you know, thank God for me even being here. But that's a reality check. I understand why parents don't let their kids play football. You have to be a, a little bit crazy to consistently show up and go out there every single day and practice and games, especially as you get older and play in college and then play pro. It is war. Keith McPherson on the fan, 877-337, a six of six and two more sixes. If you'd like to add anything to the end of my show, a five-hour KM to AM, whether you gave me five minutes or five hours, I appreciate it. After this break, we'll wrap things up. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to The Fan. Your official station to talk Giants. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. One, two, three, and then the four. Quickly, let's go back to the phones because this show is about to be over, folks. C-Mac is in the bullpen, ready to relieve me. And uh, him and I disagree on the whole Cashman thing, which is good, right? So you heard me laying the Cashman and go through all the things. I- I'm sure that, uh, you know, when you hear C-Mac's take, you, you might feel a little differently. And that's that's great, right? By design, you should hear different opinions and uh, you know, someone should follow with a counter opinion to what I had to say. And I'm not really mad at Cashman, right? Like, I'm I'm more mad that he went on another radio station and not this one and then gave them a little, like, story. Like, hey, here's what happened when I went out to lunch. Like, bro, save that information. Rob is in Bellport on The Fan. Hello, Rob. Yeah, what's good, bro? How you doing tonight? Good, man. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, no doubt, man. Yo, why do I have a feeling that... um we're going to be three weeks into the Yankee season, and we're going to be having Cashman's neck on a stick already, man. With this, we're, we're going to be playing Donaldson and I, IKF. And when, well, when are we going to learn, man, that we got to get rid of this? I know why. Because um, fans called for his job last year, and he was sitting up there on the podium at the end of the season with no contract, but we already knew he was going to get renewed. He got a four-year deal, and then this offseason happened, and, yeah, they brought back Tommy Canely. Cool. Yeah, they re-signed Rizzo. Cool. Obviously, they couldn't let Judge go anywhere, and we were excited about adding Carlos Rodon, but um, Josh Donaldson's still here. Aaron Hicks is still here. They gave IKF $6 million, and there's a good chance that they literally run it back, and all we said was, you can't run it back. You can't have the same team. You got to get rid of these like, it, certain guys. It, it's, it's incredible because uh, if we don't see uh, Volpe... Uh, You'll see them in spring training. Like, You'll see them in spring training, but they get to yeah, decide cool. who starts. I, 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 I get that. I know we're going to see these dudes in spring training, but you know that Peraza came up and we put him in the starting lineup in the playoffs. Yeah, like, they like, consistently do wrong by these guys. I mentioned Davey Garcia. They ruined that kid. Yeah, we're going to give him the start, and then we're going to play this game like the Rays play, where he's the opener. And oh, here's Jay Happ out of the bullpen. Never pitched out of the bullpen, but we're going to do that in the uh, ALDS. And I, I haven't uh, heard heard what you, how you feel about the whole Volpe thing. You think uh, Volpe is the truth? I think Volpe. No, can, I, I get that. Do you think he has a chance to be on the roster full time this year? I I almost guarantee you. Even if he crushes it in spring training, which I'm not trying to count against the guy, New Jersey legend. I can't wait for the kid to get up here. But they're going to start him in AAA. They're going to make sure that he gets yeah. more at bats at that level. Even if he dominates in spring training, it's not going to be enough for him to jump Oswald Peraza or IKF. 
they're going to say, great, you, no, you did a good job. A, it's not an in-jumping thing. It's just like, why can't we have Oswaldo? Uh, the, put the Volpe at second? Killed, yeah, yeah, but and all the, put Volpe at second, Peraza at short, and Oswaldo Cabrera, you know. They believe in Glaber Torres. And, and I mean, I, I'm kind of over Glaber, but we'll see what Glaber has. Yeah, they also I, have, I don't know why. We, we, got, we should really just cut bait. You know, get another, try to get another picture in they, there. They enjoy watching Glaber have the puppy dog look on his face when he can't make simple <laughs> throws from second or he botches a double yeah, play ball. It's, or... sad. it's so sad because you see over the league all these young kids getting their chance, and it's just like you look at it's it time. like Raza and time. You, like, you, did, you yeah. passed on multiple options at multiple trade deadlines because you prospect hugged. It's time to let these kids play, and hopefully that happens. But, but I don't, and, I don't, and, I don't know. I don't believe that it will. Oswald Peraza, yeah. Oswald, Oswaldo Cabrera, yeah. Because you saw them at the end of the year. But um, I think they're gonna just roll with these veterans that they owe money to, and and tell us that we don't know any better than them. It's, it's gross because the last time we actually let our kids play, you know, I'm sure I don't know how old you are, but you know, I was a nine year old boy and uh, Derek Jeter, and you know the, how you know how the rest goes, you know. Absolutely, it's, uh, it's time to restart it a little bit. We need some young energy to go with these veterans. Judge is the captain now. Let these young kids come up and play. And Judge shows them the way. Learn and, from Judge. Yep. Thanks for the call, Judge, Rob. Judge. Paul is in Hamden, Connecticut, on the fan. My last call of the night. Wonderful, Keith. Real quick, uh, I know we're out of time. Uh, you said when I was first with. You know, I'm saying to myself, you know what? I don't know about this guy, but you know what? I can't stop listening to him, man. I love you, Ed. Real quick, my Super Bowl prediction, I got to like the Chiefs. Though. I mean, I'll take experienced head coach. I'll take experienced quarterback any day of the week. That's my prediction. Thank you so much. I know you got to go. And you know what? I love you, man. I didn't like you when I was listening to you a couple times. You know, I'm like, I don't know about this guy, Keith. But now, every time I listen to you, I can't get enough of you. And that's why I call in. Always a pleasure, man. You have a great night, and uh, can't wait to hear you again, my friend. Thanks for the backhanded compliment, Paul. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't mind. It is what it is. I mean, it was my first time getting on the radio. I never had a radio show before. I was nervous. I didn't like my shows half the time. I was going home listening to uh, my own shows back. I had to stop doing that. I was so critical of myself. I'm like, bro, you suck on air. You don't even know. Like, I, I would, like, stumble over my words and... Uh, misspeak and say the wrong things and go home and just hate myself, and I stopped doing that. So, Oh, I could take one more call because that's Jimmy in Jersey City. He'll get the last one. TV, Lampstead, brother, Philly, 13 Come on, you want to get on board? Nah, I can't. Come on, I can't go with those dirty birds. I can't Come live on, in this Come on, me world. and you, we'll hang out at Plaza Pizza. We'll eat pizza and drink beer. <laughs> I, can't, I can't bet on Philly, man. I just want to see them lose. I just want to see their fans have to Keep deal with a, a Super Bowl game, loss. Brother, brother, like I said, Philadelphia roll, 33-13, my man. Talk to you next week. I need Philadelphia to lose the Super Bowl like they just lost the World Series and eat that humble pie. That's all I've got, folks. Enjoy the Super Bowl weekend. Gamble responsibly. Don't, don't get too far ahead of yourself because it's the Super Bowl and then the game goes completely in a different direction than you expected and you're beat Monday, you're hungover, and you're down $500, $1,000, $2,000, whatever it might be. Baseball is coming soon. C-Mac is coming up next. Keep the conversation going with the Yankees and Cashman and what we think this team's going to be. Next week, we actually have spring training to talk about. I can't wait. I'll see you then. Sports Radio 101.9 FM. The Red. WFN.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.